Hello, church family. Uh, today we're going to go over Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 17. Uh, this part of, of Acts is really the uh, early church's development. And we see actually that it doesn't just begin, um, there, there's you know, transitional fa phases for people that are believers. Uh, they either go from like very close to the faith to genuine salvation or immature faith that becomes more mature throughout uh, the book of Acts. And I think this principle uh, applies to our day as well. There are those that seem very close to the kingdom and all they need is just a little bit more explanation from scripture on uh, who God is and what is the gospel. Uh, just a way of reminder where we are. Uh, Paul uh, finished the second missionary journey after going through Corinth. Uh, he established uh, a, a churches there. Uh, he met um, uh, Paul, he met uh, Aquila and Priscilla there. And um, he even, and, and during this time, um, you know, the gospel was being spread. And uh, he, Paul, actually even ended his, has a vow at the end of uh, verse 18 of chapter 18. Uh, it seems to imply that there are even things that Paul is working through, uh, theologically and practically, and uh, that he's working through, that he has to learn to let go of, or and there are even things that he seems to be holding on to that aren't necessarily sinful, but just something that is just uh, culturally uh, and has some religious significance to it, too. Uh, at the end of verse uh, chapter 18, um, Paul goes on his third missionary journey, and he hopes to return to Ephesus. And there was like this little interlude where uh, it speaks of Apollos. And Apollos was this individual that was a well-spoken, um, he's very eloquent, as was described in verse 24, chapter 18, and that he was, he knew the scriptures very well. In this case, it was the Old Testament. Uh, and, and he, but he wasn't, he didn't truly understand uh, the gospel yet at the time. Uh, it seemed like everything he taught led to a Messiah. Everything that he knew about the scriptures pointed to the right direction, but um, he was, there's still something lacking in it. And that's where uh, Priscilla and Aquila comes into play. They, they heard him teach and they try to make that, help him bridge that connection. And eventually he gets, he believes, he, he believes in Jesus Christ. And now his, his knowledge of Old Testament scripture is made uh, complete in that way. Uh, he understands now what all of these prophecies mean as they point to Jesus Christ. And Paulus was used mightily by the Lord, as it says in verse uh, 28, the last chapter, verse 18, for powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Now when we get to chapter 19, verse 1 to 7, this is the part where um, we see Paul, uh, kind of, now that the attention kind of goes back, uh, at the end of chapter 18, it was like intermission with Apollos. Now they're focusing the attention on, on Paul himself, or at least the, the focus returned back to him. So we're going to go over this chapter for seven verses. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul passed through the upper count, uh, country and came to <coughs> excuse me, came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Um, he said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And they said to him, "No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit." So it's fascinating that uh, you know during the it's setting the stage, like Paul at the end of uh, toward the end of the last chapter said, "If it's it was God's will, He returned to Ephesus, and obviously, the Lord willed Him to return there." And Apollos was there, and he meet, he also meet these disciples, and he asked them, like you know, did you re receive the Holy Spirit? And the response is that they they didn't even know what the Holy Spirit is; they don't know 
they, they said they never even heard what there is the Holy Spirit, meaning that they're not even aware of what the Holy Spirit is. Um, and this was the time where these people, uh, they, they were truly wanting to see who, uh, you know, they're faithful in that way. Uh, but they, somehow Paul did at least have some understanding that these people were believers or they believed in something. And it said that, because in chapter, one, chapter 19, verse 1, it says that they found some disciples. And it's important to know that just because these people are disciples, uh, that's a very general term. It's, it's not like an exclusive Christian word. It, it's just a word that means a student of something. And it doesn't specify, um, I guess it depends on the context, it specifies the person's believer of Judaism or a uh, disciple of, of, uh, of Jesus Christ. It really depends on context. In this case, I do think that they are not believers. <clears throat> They they were probably like very faithful Old Testament saints, just kind of like Apollos before. There was these remnants of individuals that that believed in the scriptures, but they didn't. They, they just wasn't complete because they didn't. They weren't introduced to uh, Christ. And the, and Paul asked them, you know, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were when you believed?" And they didn't know. And this is important for us too as Christians. We understand that um, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enters into us the moment we believe. All of our thoughts, all of our actions, the Holy Spirit convicts us on how to think rightly and how to live appropriately. So these individuals, although they might have been very pious, did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. And and another thing too, uh, this is the passage, this, this portion is really a section where the charismatic movement um, uh, highlights and say like see there are those that do not have the spiritual gifts or the miraculous gifts because they didn't have the holy spirit they call it the second measure of grace where the first grace is salvation second grace is your ability to speak in tongues and we'll, and we'll get into that a little bit uh in this episode so uh, J- uh paul responds by asking them into what then were you baptized and they said into john's baptism so that means that you remember John the Baptist was baptizing of uh, repentance. He's really setting the, the way for people to to receive Jesus Christ. Um, they were anticipating the Savior. They were looking for for to his arrival, and uh, he uh, and then somehow along the line they did not know that um, Jesus is uh, the Messiah. He, they didn't realize that he was the one that they were looking for. And Paul responds by saying, verse four, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling people to believe in him who is coming after him that is in jesus so it's implied in this passage that you know john has been doing this for a while i think when we look at the pages the scripture seemed to only happen like you know within like the same time like the, the time where jesus got baptized and when jesus, and john the Baptist was baptized everyone else was, was only one event but it's implied that happened a lot a, a lot more like john the baptist baptized a lot baptized a lot more people and a lot more frequent uh, and it could be that uh, these people missed the, you know, they were not there when they saw Jesus got baptized. They may, might have been the first wave of people. So from the time when they first got baptized by John to when Jesus arrived, they didn't, they just, they just missed Jesus all completely. So they didn't realize that Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were there were in all about 12. So what's interesting was when they understood the connection between John the Baptist's baptism leading to Christ, and Paul explained to him, that, you know, he's the one that we're looking for, the one that you and I have been waiting for. They believed, and then they were baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So 
I guess it must mean that Christians back then, after they get baptized with John the Baptist, would have to get baptized again once they, uh, you know, truly believed and placed their faith in Jesus. And this is what's going on here. They got baptized again. And the result of that is that uh, the Holy Spirit came into them. He said that when Paul had laid his hands upon them, I don't know if this is like uh, the way that you know, people, the way now do when pastors lay hands on uh, people as they leave the church or um, or elders lay hands on a pastor to ordain them. I don't think it's that. I think it's just, just, it's just this is, you don't over-spiritualize this. I think what he's just saying is just that, uh, he was baptizing them, so he had to hold them. And as they held them and, and dipped them in the water of baptism, the Holy Spirit came into them. And they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. And um, and what is significant about that is that, again, the charismatic look at this and say, see, when you're baptized really in the Holy Spirit, then you'll get to see these supernatural events. But this is not the last time you see baptism, but this is the last time you see them speaking in tongues. And in the entire book of Acts, this is the last time where there's this kind of supernatural event going on. And, and that's significant because the question is why? Why is it that these people who are you know, years removed from Jesus' time, why do they get to have this uh, unique experience? And I do think it's just because the Lord, just, uh, in his kindness and grace, gave them a, a lot of it's like a second Pentecost, allowing them to see that, like, yeah, you believing in Jesus is the right thing. And the result is that they're, they're prophesying and speaking in different languages. And, uh, and this is, again, the last time we see this in the book of Acts. And uh, these 12 had a unique opportunity to see and now fully experience what it means to be indwelled with the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we understand that that's us as well. Uh, we as new Christians, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit now. And that means that we are moved by Him. Our thoughts, our actions, and everything that we do in life is, is because the Holy Spirit gives us the grace to be able to fulfill and honor the Lord. Um, this is prophesied from the Old Testament all the way into the New, about how the whole, that the New Covenant people will have the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, I think another lesson we see from this is that not every, not everyone. Uh, I mean, there are. I, mean, I think I do think that these disciples were not believers to begin with, uh, but they just need clarity and and they just need to be able to um, you know, have someone to point them to the right direction. And I think the lesson is that we need to see our lives as that as well. There are those in our life that are always going to try to seek truth. And truth is only found in the Lord. And we want to be willing to engage those individuals that are seeking truth and help them bridge the gap between um, the truth that they're seeking and the, the one true God. Because all truth is derived from the Lord. He made everything. And our goal as Christians is to help them see that. Yeah, our goal is not to try to be obnoxious in the way you evangelize, not to talk down to them, because, you know, at one point we didn't know the gospel either, uh, but it's to it's to graciously and lovingly uh, share the gospel and point them to the one true God. And that's my hope for us, just like how Paul uh, was willing to witness and witness to these people and, and, and point them gently to the, to the Lord. That's what we need to do as well in our daily life. There's bound to be people in our life that do not know Jesus, and I hope that the Lord will use you unique way to bring others to his kingdom. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great day.